Section 15 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 5. Section 15. A Dane in the Dyke from mary annerley by richard doddridge blackmore now whether spyglass had been used by any watchful mariner or whether only blind chance willed it sure it is that one fine morning mary met with somebody and this was the more remarkable when people came to think of it because it was only the night before that her mother had almost said as much ye munna go doon to to see be yourself mistress annerley said to her daughter happen ye mought be one too many master annerley's wife had been at boarding school as far south as suffolk and could speak the very best of southern english like her daughter mary upon polite occasion but family cares and farmhouse life had partly cured her of her education and from troubles of distant speech she had returned to the ease of her native dialect and if i go not to the sea by myself asked mary with natural logic why who is there now to go with me she was thinking of her sadly missed comrade jack happen some day perhaps one too many the maiden was almost too innocent to blush but her father took her part as usual the little lass shall go down he said whenever she likes and so she went down the next morning a thousand years ago the Danes dyke must have been a very grand entrenchment and a thousand years ere that perhaps it was still grander for learned men say that it was a british work wrought out before the danes had ever learned to build a ship whatever however may be argued about it the wise and the witless do agree about one thing the stronghold inside it had been held by danes while severed by the dyke from inland parts and these Danes made a good colony of their own and left to their descendants distinct speech and manners Some traces of which are existing even now The dike extending from the rough North Sea to the calmer waters of Bridlington Bay is nothing more than a deep dry trench skillfully following the hollows of the ground and cutting off Flamborough head and a solid cattle of high land from the rest of Yorkshire the corner so intercepted used to be and is still called little denmark and the indwellers feel a large contempt for all their outer neighbors and this is sad because annerley farm lies wholly outside of the dyke which for a long crooked distance serves as its eastern boundary upon the morning of the self-same day that saw mr jellycorse set forth upon his return from scargate hall armed with instructions to defy the devil and to keep his discovery quiet upon a lovely august morning of the first year of a new century mary annerley blithe and gay came riding down the grassy hollow of this ancient dane's dyke this was her shortest way to the sea and the tide would suit if she could only catch it for a take of shrimps and perhaps even prawns in time for her father's breakfast and not to lose this she arose right early and rousing lord keppel set forth for the spot where she kept her net covered with seaweed the sun 
though up and brisk already upon sea and foreland had not found time to rout the shadows skulking in the dingles but even here where a sap of time had breached the turfy ramparts the hover of the dew mist passed away and the steady light was unfolded for the season was early august still with beautiful weather come at last and the green world seemed to stand on tiptoe to make the extraordinary acquaintance of the sun humble plants which had long lain flat stood up with a sense of casting something off and the damp heavy trunks which had trickled for a twelvemonth or been only sponged with moss were hailing the fresher light with keener lines and dove-colored tints upon their smoother bowls then conquering the barrier of the eastern land crest rose the glorious sun himself strewing before him trees and crags in long steep shadows down the hill then the sloping rays through firs and brushland kindling the sparkles of the dew descended to the brink of the dike and scorning to halt at petty obstacles with a hundred golden hurdles bridged it wherever any opening was under this luminous span or through it where the crossing gullies ran mary annerley rode at leisure allowing her pony to choose his pace that privilege he had long secured in right of age and wisdom and remarkable force of character considering his time of life he looked well and sleek and almost sprightly and so without any reservation did his gentle and graceful rider the maiden looked well in a place like that as indeed in almost any place but now she especially set off the color of things and was set off by them for instance how could the silver of the dew-cloud and golden weft of sunrise playing through the dapples of a partly wooded glen do better in the matter of variety than frame a pretty moving figure in a pink checked frock with a skirt of russet murray and a bright brown hat not that the hat itself was bright even under the kiss of sunshine simply having seen already too much of the sun but rather that its early lustre seemed to be revived by a sense of the happy position it was in the clustering hair and the bright eyes beneath it answering the sunny dance of life and light many a handsomer race no doubt more perfect grand and lofty received at least if it was out of bed the greeting of that morning sun but scarcely any prettier one or kinder or more pleasant so gentle without being weak so good-tempered without looking void of all temper at all suddenly the beauty of the time and place was broken by sharp angry sound bang bang came the roar of muskets fired from the shore at the mouth of the dike and echoing up the winding glen at the first report the girl though startled was not greatly frightened for the sound was common enough in the week when those most gallant volunteers entitled the yorkshire invincibles came down for their annual practice of skilled gunnery against the french their habit was to bring down a red cock and tether him against a chalky cliff and then vie with one another in shooting at him the same cock had tested their skill for three summers but failed hitherto to attest it preferring to return in a hamper to his hens with a story of moving adventures mary had watched those invincibles sometimes from a respectful distance and therefore felt sure when she began to think that she had not them to thank for this little scare for they always slept soundly in the first watch of the morning and even supposing they had jumped up with nightmare 
where was the jubilant crow of the cock for the cock being almost as invincible as they were never could deny himself the glory of a crow when the bullet came into his neighborhood he replied to every volley with an elevated comb and the flapping of his wings and a clarion peal which rang along the foreshore ere the musket roar died out but before the girl had time to ponder what it was or wherefore round the corner came somebody running very swiftly in a moment mary saw that this man had been shot at and was making for his life away and to give him every chance she jerked her pony aside and called and beckoned and without a word he flew to her words were beyond him if his breath should come back and he seemed to have no time to wait for that he had outstripped the wind and his own wind by his speed poor man cried mary annerly what a hurry you are in but i suppose you cannot help it are they shooting at you the runaway nodded for he could not spare a breath but was deeply inhaling for another start and could not even bow without hindrance but to show that he had manners he took off his hat and then he clapped it on his head and set off again come back cried the maid i can show you a place i can hide you from your enemies forever the young fellow stopped he had come to that pitch of exhaustion in which a man scarcely cares whether he is killed or dies and his face showed not a sign of fear look that little hole up there by the fern up at once and this cloth over you he snatched it and was gone like the darting lizard up a little puckering side issue of the dike at the very same instant that three broad figures and a long one appeared at the lip of the mouth the quick-witted girl rode on to meet them to give the poor fugitive time to get into his hole and draw the brown skirt over him the dazzle of the sun pouring over the crest made the hollow a twinkling obscurity and the cloth was just in keeping with the dead stuff around the three broad men with heavy fossils cocked came up from the sea-mouth of the dike steadily panting and running steadily with a long enduring stride behind them a tall bony man with a cutlass was swinging it high in the air and limping and swearing with great velocity coast riders thought mary and he is a free trader smuggler four against one is cowardice halt cried the tall man while the rest were running past her halt ground arms never scare young ladies then he flourished his hat with a grand bow to mary fair young mistress annerley i fear we spoil your ride but his majesty's duty must be done hats off fellows at the name of your king mary my dear the most daring villain the devil's own son has just run up here scarcely two minutes you must have seen him wait a minute tell no lies excuse me i mean fibs your father is the right sort he hates those scoundrels in the name of his majesty which way is he gone was it oh was it a man if you please captain carraway don't say so a man is it likely that we shot at a woman you are trifling it will be the worse for you forgive me but we're in such a hurry whoa whoa pony you always used to be so polite sir that you quite surprise me and those guns look so dreadful my father would be quite astonished to see me not even allowed to go down to the sea but hurried back here as if the french had landed how can i help it if your pony runs away so for mary all this time had been cleverly contriving to increase and exaggerate her pony's fear and so brought the gunners for a long way up the dike without giving them any time to spy at all about 
she knew that this was wicked from a loyal point of view not a bit the less she did it what a troublesome little horse it is she cried oh captain carraway hold him just a moment i will jump down and then you can jump up and ride after his majesty's enemies the lord forbid he slews all out of gear like a carronade with rotten lashings if i boarded him how could i get out of his way no no my dear brace him up sharp and bear clear but you wanted to know about some enemy captain an enemy as bad as my poor lord keppel mary my dear the very biggest villain a hundred golden guineas on his head and half for you think of your father my dear and sunday gowns and you must have a young man by and by you know such a beautiful maid as you are and you might get a leather purse and give it to him mary on your duty now captain you drive me so what can i say i cannot bear the thought of betraying anybody of course not mary dear nobody asks you he must be half a mile off by this time you could never hurt him now and you can tell your father that you have done your duty to the king well captain carraway if you are quite sure that it is too late to catch him i can tell you all about him but remember your word about the fifty guineas every farthing every farthing mary whatever my wife may say to it quick quick which way did he run my dear he really did not seem to me to be running at all he was too tired to be sure to be sure a worn-out fox we have been two hours after him he could not run no more can we but which way did he go i mean i will not say anything for certain sir even for fifty guineas but he may have come up here mind i say not that he did and if so he might have set off again for sewerby slowly very slowly because of being tired but perhaps after all he was not the man you mean forward double quick we are sure to have him shouted the lieutenant for his true rank was that flourishing his cutlass again and setting off at a wonderful pace considering his limp five guineas every man jack of you thank you young mistress most heartily thank you dead or alive five guineas with gun and sword in readiness they all rushed off but one of the party named john cadman shook his head and looked back with great mistrust at mary having no better judgment of women than this that he never could believe even his own wife and he knew that it was mainly by the grace of womankind that so much contraband work was going on nevertheless it was out of his power to act upon his own low opinions now the maiden blushing deeply with the sense of her deceit was informed by her guilty conscience of that nasty man's suspicions and therefore gave a smack with her fern whip to lord keppel impelling him to join like a loyal little horse the pursuit of his majesty's enemies but no sooner did she see all the men dispersed and scouring the distance with trustful ardor that she turned the pony's head toward the sea again and rode back round the bend of the hollow what would her mother say if she lost the murray skirt which had cost six shillings at bridlington fair and ten times that money might be lost much better than for her father to discover how she lost it for master stephen annerley was a straight-backed man and took three weeks of training in the land defence yeomanry at periods not more than a year apart so that many people called him captain now and the loss of his suppleness at knee and elbow had turned his mind largely to politics making him stiffly patriotic and especially hot against all free traders putting bad bargains to his wife at the cost of the king and his revenue if the bargain were a good one that was no concern of his 
not that mary however could believe or would even have such a bad mind as to imagine that anyone after being helped by her would be mean enough to run off with her property and now she came to think of it there was something high and noble she might almost say something downright honest in the face of that poor persecuted man and in spite of all his panting how brave he must have been what a runner and how clever to escape from all those cowardly coast riders shooting right and left at him such a man steal that paltry skirt that her mother made such a fuss about she was much more likely to find it in her clothes press filled with golden guineas before she was as certain as she wished to be of this by reason of shrewd nativity and while she believed that the fugitive must have seized such a chance and made good his escape toward the north sea or flamborough a quick shadow glanced along the long shafts of the sun and a bodily form sped after it to the middle of the dike leaped a young man smiling and forth from the gully which had saved his life to look at him nobody could ever have guessed how fast he had fled and how close he had lain hid for he stood there as clean and spruce and careless as ever a sailor can be wished to be limber yet stalwart agile though substantial and as quick as a dart while as strong as a pike he seemed cut out by nature for a true blue jacket but in condition had made him a smuggler or to put it more gently a free trader britannia being then at war with all the world and alone in the right as usual had need of such lads and produced them accordingly and sometimes one too many but mary did not understand these laws this made her look at him with great surprise and almost doubt whether he could be that man until she saw her skirt neatly folded in his hand and then she said how do you do sir the free trader looked at her with equal surprise he had been in such a hurry and his breath so short and the chance of a fatal bullet after him so sharp that his mind had been astray from any sense of beauty and of everything else except the safety of the body but now he looked at mary and his breath again went from him you can run again now i am sure of it said she and if you would like to do anything to please me run as fast as possible what have i to run away from now he answered in a deep sweet voice i run from enemies but not from friends that is very wise but your enemies are still almost within call of you they will come back worse than ever when they find you are not there i am not afraid fair lady for i understand their ways i have led them a good many dances when they cannot take another step they will come back to annerley for breakfast i dare say they will and we shall be glad to see them my father is a soldier and his duty is to nourish and comfort the forces of the king then you are the young mistress annerley i was sure of it before there are no two such and you have saved my life it is something to owe it so fairly the young sailor wanted to kiss mary's hand but not being used to any gallantry she held out her hand in the simplest manner to take back her riding skirt and he though longing in his heart to keep it for a token or pretext for another meeting found no excuse for doing so and yet he was not without some resource for the maiden was giving him a farewell smile being quite content with the good she had done and the luck of recovering her property and that sense of right which in those days formed a part of every good young woman said to her plainly that she must be off 
and she felt how unkind it was to keep him any longer in a place where the muzzle of a gun with a man behind it might appear at any moment but he having plentiful breath again was at home with himself to spend it fair young lady he began for he saw that mary liked to be called a lady because it was a novelty owing more than i ever can pay you already may i ask a little more then it is that on your way down to the sea you would just pick up if you should chance to see it the fellow ring to this and perhaps you will look at this to know it by the one that was shot away flew against a stone just on the left of the mouth of the dike but i durst not stop to look for it and i must not go back that way now it is more to me than a hatful of gold though nobody else would give a crown for it and they really shot away one of your earrings careless cruel wasteful men what could they have been thinking of they were thinking of getting what is called blood money one hundred pounds for robin life dead or alive one hundred pounds then you are the celebrated robert life the new robin hood as they call him the man who can do almost anything mistress annerley i am robin life but as you have seen i cannot do much they have missed the best chance they ever had at me it will make their temper very bad if they shot at me again they could do no good crooked mood makes crooked mode you forget that i should not see such things you may like very much to be shot at but you should think of other people i shall think of you only i mean of your great kindness and your promise to keep my ring for me of course you will tell nobody caraway will have me like a tiger if you do farewell young lady for one week farewell and with a wave of his hat he was gone before mary had time to retract her promise and she thought of her mother end of section fifteen